Singularity by Bill DeSmet. Copyright 2004 by William H. DeSmet. All rights reserved. Epilogue The Bridge August 7th Like ships at sunset in a reverie, we are shadows of what we are. F. D. Reeve Coasting Jonathan Knox stood on Rusalka's flying bridge under the dim, frozen pyrotechnics of a North Atlantic midnight. Picard's strike against Antipode Station had coincided with an assault on Rusalka herself, but where improvisation had been the order of the day in the Antipode raid, the opposite was the case for Operation Tsunami proper. In preparation for months, the game plan for invading the mega-yacht had gone off pretty much without a hitch. A low-level EM pulse had disabled the bulk of Rusalka's electronics-based security countermeasures and disrupted its telecommunications. As an added bonus, keypads intended to limit access to restricted areas had ceased to function entirely, effectively segmenting the vessel into multiple sealed-off zones ready to be neutralized one at a time. Trained to deal with attempted piracy and to repel other personae non grata borders, the Megayat's security forces proved no match for the SEAL teams that came grappling over the gunnels and dropping out of the sky in two-seater flying inflatable boats. A hard core of ex-Alpha Group commandos had battled on, acquitting themselves well until a couple of dummy air-to-sea torpedoes slammed against Rusalka's hull. Then, to a man, they chose surrender over treading water. As the mercifully brief firefight wound down, a dozen or so GEI executives barricaded themselves in the mega-yacht's panic room. Designed as an impregnable stronghold from which the owners could steer a hijacked vessel to safety via an auxiliary bridge, it became a holding pen for the shadow KGB's remaining brass once its control lines to the engine room had been severed. By sundown, the short-lived skirmish was fading into history. When an exhausted Knox, debriefed to within an inch of his life, accompanied Mariana and an assortment of Aristos's cyber ninjas upstairs aboard a commandeered Naphtalus, he found the giant vessel already well along in her transformation into a base of operations for Krom's hastily organized interagency singularity control initiative. The ripples continued to spread. Already there was talk of creating an international authority to oversee Krom's operational administration of Antipode Station and its uniquely dangerous, uniquely valuable captive. Chuin Nobel laureate Dr. John C. Jack Adler had already been named the embryonic agency's chief technical advisor. Sasha was still down at Antipode Station, showing the new proprietors how to work the cigarette lighter and sunroof, get the best gas mileage, that sort of thing. Cooperating fully, in other words, as why would he not? Together with Adler, he was still going to wind up one of the world's two premier black hole experimentalists. Had he known the likely outcome from the first? Had he just been manipulating Grecian and everyone else toward the most spectacular revenge ever visited upon the KGB by one of its erstwhile detainees? Is that what Sasha had meant by, It has happened already? Knox wasn't sure he'd ever know. But maybe there was a hint in what Sasha had said when he'd seen Knox off.
through everything, John. I always kept my faith in Novikov and his conservation of reality principle. But please believe, I never thought that the price of conserving reality would be Galia's life. The Kremlin, leavening its public outrage at Krom's piratical intervention with backstairs winks and nudges, had already launched a far-reaching investigation of Grecian enterprises. At the same time, in a move calculated to play up the positive aspects of the Rusalka affair, the Duma posthumously awarded the Cross of St. Vladimir to Galina Mikhailovna Pastrelnikova, savior of the earth, defender of its future, and all its children. Knox didn't know whether to laugh or cry. At Galia's sudden secular sainthood, at Sasha's ability to once again emerge from a pile of horseshit riding a pony. Time enough to think about all that later. Time now for remembrance. And for other thoughts. There you are. Mariana had stolen up behind him. I've been looking all over for you. Just saying goodbye to a friend. She was a wonderful person, John. She came through. Saved us all. Maybe more than you know, he said. He took Mariana in his arms and kissed her. John, what's wrong? You're shaking. Just a momentary glimpse of the abyss is all. It comes and it goes. Worse since all this started. Do you need to talk about it? He sighed. We've been given a peek at the foundations of the earth. The universe isn't all these surface manifestations. The arc of his hand took in the whole of the sky. That's just for show. Quantum reality is the only real reality, the ground of our being, the bedrock. And on that fundamental level... He trailed off, then exhaled a shuddering breath and finished. I think maybe we exist only provisionally, if at all. Mariana knew better than to laugh. There'd been one incident back in college where a freshman had telephoned his Philosophy 101 instructor late one night after too much Descartes. Professor, I'm afraid I don't exist. To her credit, the instructor had recognized the seriousness of the situation, had spent the next hour and a half on the phone talking the student down. The following morning, he appeared in class and handed her, for safekeeping, the revolver he'd been holding to his temple throughout their midnight colloquy. She wasn't going to lose John to this. Not now. Not after what they'd been through. Aloud, she said, I'm not sure I understand. Well, think about it. What sets this whole train of events in motion? That first damned time probe is what? It's that message from the future, the whole Tunguska cosmologist support thing, that gets Sasha seriously considering the possibility of a black hole impact and eventually brings him, how did Grecian put it, right to the KGB's doorstep. And it's Sasha who then convinces Grecian, convinces him to bankroll a harebrained scheme, the ultimate outcome of which is to send back the message needle that started it all, not incidentally using Yuri Andropov as a pincushion. It's a causal loop, Ouroboros eating its own tail, we are where we are right now only because we altered the past enough to put us here. But the KGB had all the files on the original Tunguska expeditions. Keep him talking. 
somebody would have pieced together the picture even without the probe. Convincingly enough for Grecian and company to bet billions on a long shot of cosmic proportions? I don't think so. I think what got the shadow KGB behind this project was Sasha's mantra. It has already happened. It gets worse, he continued bleakly. Take all that away. No project, which means no probe, which in turn means no assassination. Now, what was the likelier outcome back then, in the mid-80s? A world like ours, imperfect as it is, or that nuclear winter nightmare? I think the effect produced the cause. Without the time warp, Andropov never would have been, never would have died. Not soon enough, anyway. And then what? He shook his head. No, that nightmare was the odds-on reality. It's all this that's the dream. Mariana blinked back a tear. This was serious. Some sort of metaphysical cul-de-sac. A pitfall dug by a connoisseur of abstraction. For himself. Was he succumbing to this weird existential despair as a way of punishing himself? Out of some misplaced remorse over having caused the death of another human being? Couldn't he see that killing Andropov had prevented World War III? Had almost certainly saved the world? She gripped him tightly, willing him to come back, to believe, in her, in anything. Just talk him through it. If what you say is so, then why are we here at all? Choices, he said, so low she could barely hear the words. Choices and dreams. Quantum theories riddled with indeterminacies, loopholes where the individual conscious mind gets to call the shots. So many branching paths for the awareness to pick and choose among. Maybe Novikov's conservation of reality principle only works when there are enough minds around to form a consensus about what's real. Who knows? whether the constraints would still hold if you were the last man left alive or the last woman. He seemed to lose focus for a moment. Then, I keep remembering something the singularity showed me just before I, just before things changed back. And I keep thinking, what if Galena, years ago on an alternate timeline, dying in a fallout shelter somewhere in a dying Russia, on a dying earth. What if Galena dreamed us all, dreamed the whole world back into existence, out of compassion, out of love for the children? But then we are real, Mariana insisted. As real as any other possible outcome, more real, we're here. It doesn't alter the fact that reality has been shown up for the fraud it is, exposed as radically contingent, fundamentally undermined. His voice had strengthened, though. He was past the worst of it now, or resigned to it again. Maybe they were the same thing. He paused to gaze up at the stars, or down into the well of night. It all depended on how you looked at it. Like the man said, if you choke on water, what can you wash it down with? If you can't trust in reality to be real, what's left? He turned to her and tried to smile. He seemed to be coming out of it, as if he'd made a conscious choice, choosing to turn away from that bottomless pit, to turn back toward the only world there was. 
choosing to turn back to her, to reach out for her. She came into his arms. In the last few moments, she'd made a conscious choice, too. Love is real. Mariana kissed him and held him close, the ancient light of faraway suns glistening in her tears. Trust in that. You've been listening to Singularity by Bill DeSmet. 